Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of osmotic demyelination syndrome found under the neurology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 66-year-old man presents to the emergency department after being found down in a park. He is accompanied by a person who witnessed the fall, who said he had seizure-like activity prior to falling on the floor. The patient is non-participatory on exam, but is able to breathe on his own. Laboratory studies are significant for a serum sodium of 117. Over the course of six hours, his serum sodium was corrected to 135. Subsequently, in the next few days, he develops quadriparesis with preservation of eye blinking. Let's continue with an introduction to osmotic demyelination syndrome. It is defined as neurological sequela from rapid fluctuations in brain osmolality. Risk factors include chronic hypernatremia and rapid sodium correction of greater than 8 to 10 milliequivalents per day. In terms of the pathogenesis, remember that normally the brain has adaptive mechanisms to prevent swelling in hypotonic states. And recall that hypotonicity in the serum favors movement of water into cells. As the body increases in sodium, it pulls the water out of neurons, dehydrating them and causing demyelination. This also causes astrocytic cell death. Moving on to the presentation. Symptoms and physical exam findings can include a range of different presentations. This may include patients that are asymptomatic, seizures, loss of consciousness, dysarthria and dysphagia, and locked-in syndrome, which is muscle paralysis with sparing of eye blinking. In terms of further imaging, an MRI of the brain is indicated in patients with nonspecific neurological findings after rapid sodium correction. Specific findings may include non-inflammatory myelinolysis. In terms of the differential, make sure to think about Wernicke's encephalopathy, with differentiating factors being that patients will present with gait ataxia, oculomotor dysfunction, and encephalopathy. In terms of further treatment, prevention may include slow sodium correction. Remember to slowly correct sodium with 6 to 8 milliequivalents per liter per day in patients with chronic hyponatremia. And remember that there is no effective treatment for osmotic demyelination syndrome. And lastly, complications related to ODS include locked-in syndrome and death. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to osmotic demyelination syndrome, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 65-year-old man with squamous cell carcinoma of the lung presents with the sodium of 118 and an altered mental status. He has started on 3% normal saline over the next several hours. The patient's mental status improves and a repeat sodium six hours later is 129. Three days after treatment, he demonstrates quadriparesis and dysarthria. Which of the following best describes the cause of this patient's symptoms after treatment? And the answer choices are, choice one, lateral medullary syndrome. Choice two, medial medullary syndrome. Choice three, osmotic demyelination syndrome. Choice four, hypercalcemia. Or choice five, hypocalcemia. The best answer to this question is, choice three, osmotic demyelination syndrome. Osmotic demyelination syndrome, or ODS, 
previously called central pontine demyelinolysis, can occur when hyponatremia is corrected too quickly. The pons is the most commonly affected part of the brain in ODS, but extra pontine cases have been well documented. Signs and symptoms of ODS develop two to six days after correction of hypoosmolarity and include quadriparesis, dysarthria, dysphagia, and other pseudobulbar symptoms. There are few effective therapies for ODS. Thus, prevention is important. The publication by Go et al. discusses the management of hyponatremia. Factors that affect the immediate treatment of hyponatremia include the presence of symptoms, the degree of hyponatremia, and whether the condition is acute, meaning less than 48 hours, or chronic. In all patients with hyponatremia, the cause should be identified and treated. Some causes include congestive heart failure, diuretic use, SIADH, brain injury, and endocrine deficiencies. The publication by Stern et al., as part of a multicenter perspective study, investigated the neurological sequelae after treatment of severe hyponatremia. They concluded that chronicity of hyponatremia and a high rate of correction, meaning greater than 12 milliequivalents per liter per day in the first 48 hours of treatment, were significantly associated with complications. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Lateral medullary syndrome, or Wallenberg syndrome, is a stroke characterized by vertigo, ipsilateral deficits in pain and temperature over the face, ataxia, dysarthria, and contralateral deficits in pain and temperature over the trunk and limbs. Choice 2. Medial medullary syndrome, or Dejerine syndrome, is a very rare stroke caused by occlusion of the anterior spinal artery resulting in infarction of the medial medulla oblongata. It causes alternating hemiplegia. Choice 3. Hypercalcemia can be caused by hyperparathyroidism, or PTHRP-secreting tumors, and is associated with nephrolithiasis, bone pain, abdominal pain, and confusion. Choice 4. Hypocalcemia can be caused by vitamin D deficiency or hypoparathyroidism and is associated with muscle cramps, confusion, tingling in the lips, and fingers. That's all for this review about osmotic demyelination syndrome. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast.